I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. How are you? I'm good. Into the Woods is open. Into the Woods is open. I saw it. It's amazing. They had a no- Oh, thank you. Um, I think it's pretty amazing, too. I think the show feels like it is the show in a different storytelling format that maybe has never been thought about. There are some added things. We didn't change the score or the script, but we added some visual elements to the storytelling because that space at Creative Cauldron always needs a little um, magic. And so we, we created some magic with a great cast, and I'm very happy. And they had their, um, they started their second weekend tonight. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. It's incredible. Uh, the storytelling is, you've never seen the story told this way. And so many mind-blowing ways. Susan Derry and the entire cast are incredible. Susan Derry's playing the witch, of course. Anyway, creativecauldron.org. Get your tickets. Selling quickly. Um, but, regardless, uh, who are we talking to tonight? We are talking to Chris Faison. Yes, Chris! Broadway star. We have a lot to talk about. Yes, and, and though he was with us only briefly at Shenandoah, uh, he is unforgettable in every way. Um, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hello. Oh, that's much better. Okay. Yay. Oh my gosh. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you, Steven? Oh, you know, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Uh, uh, 20 million of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, oh. hey, hey, hey. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm good, honey. I'm good. How are you? Good. Oh. We are also here with our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hello, Christopher. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Um, Where are you? I am in St. Louis, Missouri at the moment. My hometown. Ryan's from Missouri. Really? We're always embarrassed about it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm performing at the Fox Theater. Oh, yes. I saw many shows there. Yes, yes, I'm here. Didn't you guys have Night of the Living Dead? Didn't they play down the street from Fox? At the New Line Theater. Yeah, the New Line Theater. Yeah, I'm not sure where their physical space is. but So you are uh, doing the My Fair Lady tour, correct? Yes, I am. And how is Eliza these days? She's still getting through? She's making it through. She's still wet from the rain in Spain, but, you know, she's making it through. She's getting wet. Still mulling. She's, she's still throwing those slippers. Yes, yes, she is, in fact. My gosh, I um I will get into all of that. I want us to rewind in the time capsule to baby Chris Faison. God. Where did you kind of get your artistic start where you kind of thought, oh, theater is something I want to do? Where what was the impetus? Do you recall? I do. Um, I started in the church singing. Um, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool that well it's sort of strange that this is happening today because I just found out my church mother my very first choir mistress passed away today. Oh, I'm sorry. So thank you, but it, it's it's sort of cool that this is happening on on this day because she was really truly a, an inspiration for me to to sing. Um, but I remember the first time that I knew I wanted to do theater was in the early 1980s. I want to say like 80 mid 80s 85 86 maybe um when i went to see a production of Serafina at the court theater in new york city mm-hmm. and it was with the uh all the kids from the martin luther king center and i didn't know who Serafina was i didn't know what broadway was i didn't know where new york city was but i remember watching this performance and i thought okay this is that's that's what i want to do that's it right there i want to tell stories like that and so what did you do about it what did I, God, good, yeah. I told my mother, who then precisely put, uh, proceeded to put me in football directly, you know, <laughs> that would solve my problem. Um, and uh, 
after, uh, you know, several months of not being the greatest football player in the world, I decided to tell her again, hey, mom, I really need to to be an actor and I really want to start doing some theater stuff. And so I was fortunate to go um, and get some some work with some local uh, children's theater in my hometown that was doing uh, Cinderella, I think. And I got to sing The Princess Giving a Ball and, and I had a ball and I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is it. That's the role that every tenor plays, right? Exactly. Yes, 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 of course. Um, so, so I guess through that, uh, you probably proceeded to do like high school musicals, stuff like that. Yeah, well, I didn't, um, I actually didn't want to go to the high school that I ended up going to. Um, growing up in Connecticut, I wanted very badly to go to the um, Connecticut uh, High School for, for Performing Arts. Mm -hmm. uh, in the uh, greater Hartford area. And um, my mother, God bless her, was like, are you, with what money are you going to that school? <laughs> um, and so I ended up at my high school, the Norwich Free Academy. But I was really lucky because they actually had a really fantastic theater program um, with a very forward-thinking theater director who thought outside of the box um, and cast me in my first show in high school, which was Pump Boys and Dinettes. Um, I need a vacation. That's right, honey. And I had no business being in that show, but there I was in it. Um, and then we proceeded to do Dream Girls, which was really interesting because we did it with maybe four black people. Oh no! Um, but it, it it was cool for me. I was like, work, let's go. I I you know I was my black self with my black Jimmy Early part, so I was cool. Um, and then you know just and ended up at Shenandoah. Oh, and he happened to be a Shenandoah alum, which is you know. Sort of how I. What was his name? His name was Brett Bernardini. Okay, and so that's always a question we ask: is like, you know, those were the days. Not to date us, we are young and beautiful, but um, we there was no internet. We just kind of looked at brochures and things. But if you had the direct hookup to an alum, that's probably your connection, right? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, even still, it was like, you're right, the brochures with the with the pictures and the, <laughs> the descriptions of what you were going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And were you looking at other schools as well, or did Shenandoah kind of take the forefront? Um, yes, and yes. Uh, Shenandoah offered me the most money. Mm -hmm. That's where I went, you know? That's where I went. But I was looking at, of course, I was looking at other schools and I, um, actually Shenandoah was probably in the back, back, back of my mind, but they gave me the most money and I had the alumni connection and it wasn't too, too far from home. And so there I was. So you arrived the same, you're in my class. Yes. Um, we all were babies and racy together. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Running around with Heather and Sean and Summer and Courtney. What'd you say? Just children. We were children. We were um, laughing at everything. Um, and I, I, am I remembering this correctly? Weren't you kind of the only freshman like called back for, weren't you called back for the leading player in Pippin? Oh my God, I was. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot and that. That was a big deal. We were like, oh my God, that's incredible. You're what? called back to the lead. Right. Yeah. You guys were very excited about it. I was just like, okay. <laughs> now that I'm looking back on it. Yeah. I, and I wore Birkenstocks to the callback. Don't ever do that. Ever. <laughs> it was the nineties. Yeah. Don't, don't, everybody don't, did. Don't wear Birkenstocks to your dance callback. I think there was a dance callback and I wore Birkenstocks. Oh, it was that time though. It's a learn. I was in school. We were learning. Yes, we were. Um, so, so you, um, I did not finish my uh, undergraduate at Shenandoah. I did not finish. I just left because I got a job. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes two of us, darling. I didn't finish either. Yeah. I didn't either. That's three. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Um, but you you kind of, uh, you were at Shenandoah for like, a, was it a year or two? I did one. I did two semesters. So, yeah, I did one year. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what? It was the Mikado in the spring. That's another story. Oh God! Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. that show. Um, Makeup they made me wear. Oh, oh mm -hmm. I know we were all like um, part of college institutionalized racism. Basically, uh, <laughs> basically, yeah. I I told this story. Another, 
podcast, but I got pulled over in that makeup. So oh. there's that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That, that went over really well. Um, so, so you, uh, you're, you kind of left college and up with people became a thing for you. Is that correct? Yeah. I had wanted to do up with people since er the early nineties. I think they came to my high school like two different times and I just thought it was the coolest thing since sliced bread. I thought the costumes were fantastic. I mean, you know, they weren't, they weren't. Um, <laughs> I thought that the mission of the group was amazing. I loved the idea of traveling um, and getting to do the show and living in host families and doing community service. It just, the whole program really, really uh, appealed to me. And while I was at Winchester, uh, a, a school, uh, excuse me, uh, um, while I was at Shenandoah at school in Winchester, Up With People came through town and uh, I was able to to interview and I was accepted into the program and I was like, let's go. This is where, did, where did you get to go? Uh, we did 25 of the states, Austria, Belgium, France, and Japan. Oh, wow. Where at in Austria and Belgium? <sighs> Austria, yeah, yes, it was very many years ago. Uh, I think we did Vienna. I think we did Vienna, Austria, and we did um, like four cities in Belgium. I remember Heisselberg in Poot, uh, Brussels, and uh, something with an L. It was a long time ago, honey. Did you get to Bruges by chance? Yes, 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 I did. Yes. Oh, yeah, I love that town so much. Yes. It's really Vienna, great. I really enjoyed myself in, in oh, no, that's somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed myself in Belgium a lot. A great deal, actually. And did you feel like getting that experience like really helped you just in life, being able to travel like that and do what you love? 100%. It was the most eye-opening, most educational experience I think I, I could have possibly asked for. Um, learning how to be a person, a human being, and a good human being. Um, it sounds so hokey, but it, it actually really was, was something that I learned um, how to, to communicate and to take care of my mankind and to know my responsibility to the world. Again, this was the 90s, so we didn't have the internet. We had snail mail, you know, that came in. Um, chain and, letters. Yes, we had chain letters and, and pen pals and those sort of things. Um, and that whole, ex that whole program, like living with a cast, and and working together and we you know we were putting up the set together and we were striking the set together and we we're you know coiling the cables and rolling up the floor and all of that stuff um and then of course you know i got to sing and it was incredible i one of my most favorite moments was singing uh for dr toyota of the toyota motor corporation at some big event they were having in japan um and i sang this song called room for everyone and we had this flag parade with all these all these different international flags that came down as I was singing they just came from the back of the house and it was really just an overwhelming like really cool experience um I loved up with people I absolutely loved it wait you said you sang for Dr. Toyota Toyota yes that's correct that's a person yes <laughs> yes Dr. Toyota with a D-A I don't know why we have TA and I don't know. I don't know. But oh, this, it's not like the it's not like the vehicle Toyota. No, it is. It actually is. No, yes, yes. But his name is Toyota. His name is Toyota, but they, for the you know the car, it's Toyota. Well, they didn't want to equate it with a Star Wars character, so they changed Maybe it. Maybe right? that's what it is. Maybe Wait, that's I did it. not know this. Yeah. 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 Oh. It was really cool. Was oh very... wow! They should have given you a Toyota. I wish. Oh my God! They gave me some other things, though. I had a good time in Japan. <laughs> good time. With uh, up with people, did it make you want to travel? Kind of like on in your life. Have you been able to do that? I think that's that's what what started the travel bug for me, right? And the travel and performing. Like I'm, my fair lady is now my third national tour, which is great, and I'm thrilled. I'm also very tired. Um, <laughs> but um, I think. I think the the up with people travel sort of awoken something in me. Prior to that, I hadn't been outside of Connecticut other than to, you know, a random eighth grade field trip to to DC and then, you know, to school at Shenandoah. So um up with people sparked that that need to travel for me. Now I love it. I absolutely love it. Now I'm from the Winchester area. Yes. 
And I remember up with people sort of being like, like you're saying, I want to be a part of this magical healing experience of people that seem like they're doing really great stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, can you just clarify what exactly up with people what, what, what they were it was people from all over the country is that was that yeah. their, their mantra yeah it, it was okay so it was a little it was a little weird <laughs> it was a little strange um there were 122 of us from 22 different countries um that gathered together in denver colorado for i think like eight weeks um to learn this show and learn about this program um and we lived on buses and we traveled we traveled by bus and we stayed in host families in every city we went to which was really interesting and a really cool way to sort of um get to know especially in the states um to get to know america and to get to know your country you know is by living in people's strangers homes um but every every home we went into everyone was so generous and so kind to us um and our goal was to um show people, especially young people, um, that you can make a difference, that your voice matters, that you are, you know, here for a reason. And we did that by by singing in the show and living in these host families and doing community service in every single city we went to, which was really cool. Wow, you know, I feel like there's so much a part of music in general that really can connect people together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so interesting, even like, during the Olympics that we just had, you know, there's such a beautiful moment where it feels like the whole world is watching like this event that is about, um, you know, athleticism and watching the figure skaters dance to different kinds of music right. and whatnot. And then like within a moment, you go, you get awakened by this reality of like Russia, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I mean, just so many different topics where you're like, oh my God, why can't we all just be, um, why, why can't we just all be uh, artists in music and bring the world together? We try that over and over and over. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is, that was what was so great about doing that program was that we were going into cities where people wanted us, where our message was needed. Um, there were, I will, I will be honest with you and say there were some dark times um, on that road where we encountered some some things that were not so great. I remember um, we were scheduled to perform, I forget where we were, in the Midwest somewhere, and we were scheduled to perform at a high school, um, but the day before our show was to uh, happen, there was a Klan rally at our venue. Oh, God. And we didn't know that, and so we canceled our show, and we refused to perform, which was you know, sort of a statement piece that, that we were that we were saying, you know, no, we're not going to perform in these sort of places where there's blatant racism and hatred. Um, uh, and the show really, our the program really celebrated diversity and um, different cultures and different different walks of life and different people. That's one of the things that I really enjoyed about it as well was just the, the sheer diversity. Mind you, I was the only openly gay person in that group out of 122 of us. Okay, I don't know how that's possible, but... <laughs> well, um, let's go, let's now, let's bring up, so we could talk to some people now that was in the cast. Right, exactly. Cause some of y'all, I'm like, look sis, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I mean, again, it was it was an international program, so some of the kids that were gay just couldn't. Did they just couldn't be out? You know. Right. That's that's so interesting. I always, for some reason, equate or conflate. I don't know what the right word is. Up with people with hands across America, which was something totally different. Okay. Um, okay. Is it? Is it? I think I think Hands Across America was just a very specific like event. events. Was it okay? Okay. And, but that is I'm only remembering that because of Jordan Peele's Us. Oh, yeah. Right. Is Up with people still together? Yeah, they are still together. I think it start, was started back in nineteen sixty eight from the Wikipedia page. Where? Um I didn't see where, but I it believe was. it started in Denver, I believe. Oh, or, or, oh which is hence the meeting up place. Correct. Yes, thereabouts. Um it's it's still it's still operating right now. It's a different program than what it was when I was in it. 
Um, I think they went bankrupt at one point and then they sold it to somebody. I could be getting this wrong. Allegedly, I'm just going to say allegedly because I don't want them coming after me. Um, but it's a it's a different program than what it was when I joined. Um, but it's, it was still a fantastic opportunity. Wonderful. Now, maybe it's because Colorado now has legalized marijuana and oh. it's, just called, it's just called up. That, that, <laughs> perhaps. <you're, laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're so funny. So, so you did this for how long? And then you moved on to what after that? I did Up With People for 11 months. Um, and then uh, I came home. And it, it's funny, you know, they try to they try to prepare you for your re-entry sort of into the world um, after traveling and Up With People. And I was like, oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is going to be fine. It's just like nothing ever happened. And then I remember when I got picked up at the airport, um, I sort of, I was having a conversation with my mom and my sister was there as well. And I remember thinking, gosh, you people haven't changed at all. Like, and you don't know that there is a world out there you because you've only seen our little itty bitty town, you know? Um, you don't realize that people in, uh, you know, Northern Europe are going through X, Y, and Z, especially because we didn't have the internet at that point. And you don't realize that your neighbor down, you know, three miles away or 30 miles away is going through X, Y, and Z. It was just really strange re-entering the world um, as a normal non-Up With People student. Um, but after that, I moved to New York City. I said, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to make it as an actor. And um, I didn't make it as an actor right away. It took me many, many years. Um, but I, I went to New York and I started auditioning. And one of the first things I auditioned for was Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. And I got a job within two weeks. And I was like, let's go. Where Traveling again. Traveling again. Where are we going? Let's go. You were in New York when? Uh, like early 2000s? Yeah, this is 2003. I auditioned for Royal. Yep. Um, back to what you were saying when you got uh, you got picked up and things hadn't changed. I think it's so interesting that there are like, you know, well over 4,000 religions recognized in the world, mm -hmm. but yet each religion sort of doesn't recognize each other. Right, yeah. Like everyone sort of thinks that their Sunday morning church is like what everybody else is doing. Right. Right, and then, right. like for me, which is I didn't do anything like you did, but like when I was in Europe for a very brief time with Shenandoah singers, mm. um, I I had a huge. I mean, I lived on a little itty bitty farm in Stephen City, and I didn't know what I didn't know what the world was. Right, and all of a sudden I'm in Europe, and I'm like, oh my god, people really don't care what's happening in Winchester, Virginia, over here. Right, yeah, and and you know what, Winchester, Virginia didn't care what was happening over there either. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> And it's, it's just, it's sort of mind boggling because again, we were, this was all so crazy to think about a world pre-internet, um, but it was all pre-internet. And so there was no sort of instant, you know, visual and there was no immediate notifications. We didn't get, you know, notifications on your phone of something going on. You didn't, you didn't know what was happening until you read it in the newspaper or heard it on the radio. Um, well, and that's, oh. that's so interesting you say that too, because when we just talked about the Mikado, I don't want to get too crazy about the Mikado, but being me, a white guy from Stephen City, I didn't have any influences like that until I got to college. So I was looking for my teachers to sort of, you know, I didn't even know there was a show called The Mikado. Right. And you know what's what's sad is, and maybe I'm speaking for you, but I don't think your teachers could really tell you that they would, you know, what did Hal Herman know about The Mikado? Well, exactly. And it wasn't <laughs> until probably I got out of school that I look back on The Mikado and think, oh, my God. Right. Right. We were we were like gluing eyeballs to our eyes. Yeah, that was yeah, those were choices we, we were making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were choices being for us. This is true. This is very true. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that that that's something that yeah. So um Christopher, you're do you currently reside in the New York City? I no, I belong to the I belong to the road. So, right. so you're on the road, and when you go back to a a, a permanent whatever, you're going to be looking for a place to live. You don't have a hair dryer uh, back Correct. in Manhattan. Correct. I do not. I, you know, I I left New York um, 
in 2019 to go on the Hello Dolly tour. Um, and we did the tour for maybe six months. We closed down, you know, in March when everybody else did. Um, and, and I retreated back to my hometown in Connecticut. And I've been Connecticut based since then. Um, but I'm still managing to travel. So I, I will not be returning to Connecticut when this is done. Sorry, mom, it's not happening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that there should be a place in New York and maybe in every city that is um, being sponsored by very wealthy people who allow artists to um, kind of transfer into the city while they're looking for housing. They have a place to stay. That's a great. That's a great idea. Like a like a like a reverse nursing home. <laughs> well, totally. I mean, they do that for lots of different situations. Like if you have to go to a hospital and they put, you know, they have housing for different right. people. Or, or even a, like, a, a, I don't know, some kind of fund where like you get a certain amount and you can like stay at the YMCA. Or That's or, a great, that's a very great idea. Thank you. For I, I will be emailing everyone I know to make sure that. They <laughs> well, this is what I don't understand. We all belong to this group called Equity. And right. I'm not oh. going to bash oh. Equity. Oh, yes. Let's, okay. But, but, but like when I was a part of the union, I still am. I still have my card. It works. I get discounts. <laughs> oh yeah. You can charge things on I get, it. Yeah, yeah. I get discounts at Starbucks. Yeah. Yes. Um, but like those sort of ideas when actors are are basically the ministers in the arts for every funeral and every wedding and every celebration and mm. every gala. And then when you need something or you're, you know, going from one job to the next, it's sort of like a shrug. Yeah. They yeah. send you that girl, that girl emoji with the hands up. Right. You know, I uh, we could we can get into uh, because I've been that person. Right. Um, when I was uh, auditioning and after I left um, my first big touring production, which was the Book of Mormon, um, after I finished doing that, I I found myself out of work for many years and was definitely doing the the struggling actor thing and was still going to auditions but was still broke and didn't have any money and nobody really believed me back home when I said I was broke and I you know was doing the three and four different jobs and and you know um really trying to to maintain and keep my head afloat in New York and it, it's a big city and it can swallow you up if you're not you know if you're not firmly cemented and it's in in what you're doing there um and I got pretty close to being swallowed up. I, I did. Um, but I kept swimming. I kept swimming and I'm, I'm above water now. Thank God. Can we now go back and unpack a little bit of Book of Mormon? Oh, yeah. So I remember, I mean, through Facebook and social media, whatever, uh, I've, I've been able to follow you through the years and kind of keep up with like the big bucket and, you know, things sure. that cut through the... Um, the algorithm, I guess. And I remember seeing the, the Book of Mormon thing and being so excited for you. I remember Matthew and I were living in a studio apartment um, that, oh God, we loved because there was not much to clean. But I remember um, listening to the Book of Mormon cast recording for the first time. Mm -hmm. Almost kind of the same reaction on my face is when I saw the South Park movie for the first time, mm. just my jaw on the floor. <laughs> I wasn't even laughing right? because I was trying to hear every moment of it and was in total disbelief right. of what I was hearing. Yeah. Um, it, and then I put it on again and then I allowed myself to, to laugh and everything and, mm. and, and I know that the show has um, righted its course a little bit recently. Right. Um, dealing with some racist issues that were inherent in the portrayals. Um, but I, I want to, uh, what was that process like auditioning for that show, getting in and being in that? Like that one of, I mean, still, it's not like that show's done regionally. Right. Um, you have to go to New York. It's a destination kind of thing. Of course, the tours and everything like that. But um, one of the still one of the hottest shows out there. Um, can you talk about your experience with that? Actually, can yeah. Um, I have a very funny story. Actually, um, 
prior to booking the Book of Mormon, I worked, well, first of all, I saw the very first preview. Um, I think it was the, like maybe the first week of previews. I, I saw one of the performances and I thought, okay, this is not for me. I don't like this. I don't understand. Like I wasn't a South Park fan and I felt like it was very much geared towards South Park fans. I'd seen South Park in a couple, you know, a couple of episodes made me laugh here and there, but I wasn't like, yeah, it's the funniest thing ever. Um, but people I remember were just losing their, their, their minds at this material. And I thought, okay, this is really interesting. This is a show that I'll never do because I don't, I don't like it. Um, fast forward to me being again, broke and working all of the jobs. Um, and I used to work front of house at, um, they trained me at Eugene O'Neill and then they moved me over to uh, the August Wilson and I was part of the bar staff, right? And I was a hawker and I used to sell candy and beer and wine up and down the aisles at the theater shows. And they put me at August Wilson, which had Jersey Boys and I was not very successful as the young black man trying to make money selling candy. They, you know, that just was not the right show for me. And then they moved me over to the, August, uh, to the Eugene O'Neill, which had the Book of Mormon and I was able to see the show several times. And so it sort of started to grow on me. Um, and I also was selling out of all of my merch and my product like immediately. So I was like, okay, this is, this is the place for me. Um, and then when I heard through my agents that they were looking for someone for the tour, I thought, okay, well, this is perfect. I, I've seen the assistant directors and I've seen the music people. Like I see them every day, you know, they, they, don't, they don't know who I am other than the candy guy, but you know, this is cool. Um, and so I went into the audition and as soon as I walked in the room, they were like, Hey, you're the candy guy. And I was like, no, yes. not the candy man. I was like, yes, I am, honey. Hi. Hello. Um, and it was immediately bum, bum, like, bum, okay. Bum, 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 yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and so that, that made it very easy for me to audition. And the fact that they remembered me and knew who I was. Um, and then I, I auditioned and I got called back. And then I got called back to dance. Now I had heard that there was a video circulating around of the of the dance audition. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn it ahead of time because dancing is not what she does over here. That's not my cup of cuppa. Um, and so I called myself learning it ahead of time. And I got to the audition and <laughs> the choreographer says, I see some of us have practiced, but that's not what we're doing today. Uh, <laughs> like, Great. No. Cool. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, they cast me anyway. And I spent a wonderful three years on that show, um, traveling around and just had the most fun. And really, it was my first big tour. Um, and it felt like a family. I really have to give credit to our stage managers and our company managers, um, Kim Fisk and, and Nick Lugo, for really making us feel like a family. Um, with both the cast and the crew, we all just felt like one big Mormon happy family. And was was there a lot of uh, controversy or kind of picketing kind of things going on, but like no, here and there? We didn't experience that, which was wonderful. I was ex fully expecting it because it was a very racy show and, you know, it was considered to be racist. And I, I just thought, oh, for sure, they're going to, you know, they're going to have problems with this. A lot of people in some venues did not care for the show and they would let it be known by not coming back after intermission or leaving after um, the Ugandan's first number, which I won't give away in case anyone hasn't heard it. Um, but people would leave. And it used to crack me up because I would think, well, I got, you know, I'm getting paid anyway, honey. So you stay or go. My check is going to clear. I'm good. But um, also, like, why are you leaving? Because you might learn, you know, it might change. Um, okay, but thanks for coming. Thank you for coming. Um, we had one, one time when we were playing South, Salt Lake City. <laughs> and it was the show's first time there. And I was like, why are we going there? This is a bad idea. They're going to they're, they're gonna burn us to the ground. The Mormons are going to come for us. And we had an, a, the most amazing time there. The Mormons loved the show. They thought it was hysterical and irreverent and we got great, great reviews. But I mean, the show brought out, they brought out all the publicity people and all the meetings, like don't talk to anybody and don't talk to the newspaper if they ask you anything. And we only had one heckler, one, one guy who was, who was protesting, who had a, a sign outside of the theater that said, uh, Broadway is blasphemy. That was, <laughs> that was his sign. 
I mean, but that's, you, that's almost like a good review. Yeah, I listen. He, people came to the show. They came. But, but it does kind of follow the Book of Mormon story for the most part. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it pokes fun at it a great deal. Well, um, I, what I think is interesting and, you know, uh, what do I know? I don't see anybody getting upset about Jacob having 12 wives and uh, Joseph. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. It's the same thing. I mean, it was it was sort of like very, it's very tongue in cheek. Um, it's very the reason I loved playing Salt Lake City was because they, the Mormons took it so well. Um, and there we were like making fun of their religion for the most part. Um, but they took it with a grain of salt and they sort of laughed along with us as hard as, you know, they could. Um, and I actually got to get immersed in the, in the culture and, and a little bit, which was really cool. And I got to go to the temple and I heard the Mormon tabernacle choir. Um, and, you know, I went to family home evening with, with a friend of mine, um, which was really cool. But the show itself is, it, it makes fun of everybody and everything. Um, I have not seen or heard the rewrites since they, they rewrote it. Um, I'd be interested to see what they've done with it uh, since I was in it. But yeah, it's still she's still going strong. So it's quite a switch from the Book of Mormon to My Fair Lady. They're yeah. both books. Yes, yes, they're both books. Good job, Stephen. Uh, um, Matt, sorry. That's all right. We're the same person at this point. I don't even know who I am, actually. Amen. One. I've been sitting in my living room for so long, I've got cobwebs around my ankles. Oh, my God. <laughs> let, let that beautiful picture paint itself. So um, We look like we're in the I second... I just your underwear. Oh, my God. No, we look like we're in the second act of Grey Gardens. My God. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, so 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 was was my fair lady the next thing after book of mormon basically yeah um i did mormon for three years and then i was broke for about three years and <laughs> and uh auditioning 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 and i finally i i told my agents i said you know what i'm gonna just i can't do this anymore i can't be continuing to run to these auditions to spend money on sheet music and headshots and you know clothes to wear and subway transportation I'm, I'm over it i'm ready to leave i can't take it anymore i can't take it and he said okay fine and he understood and he was like you know i you know go with god and let me know when you're ready to come back to the city and so i started looking for um subletters to take over my lease because i couldn't afford my rent um, and then my agent emailed me and he was like, I know you're ready to go, but just one more. I just want to send you for one more. And they want to see you for my fair lady at Lincoln center. And I said, do they know I'm black because <laughs> I'm black and I don't want them, you know, I don't know much about my fair lady, but I don't want them coming up in there saying something to me. And, um, he said, yes, they know you're black and yes, they want to see you. And I said, okay. And, um, I had never seen my fair lady, to be honest with you. I had never heard the music. Uh, I, I had, in hindsight, I actually had, but I didn't know what I was, you know, listening to. Um, anyway, a friend of mine told me what song to sing, and uh, so I learned a new song, which, you know, without uh, without a pianist, that was fun. Um, and uh, I went in, and it sort of felt like, I remember my first day going into audition, it sort of felt like I was auditioning for my friends. There was just this this energy in the room that was just palpable. It was really cool. Um, and I felt like, okay, these are people who I've known forever and this is super easy. Um, and within two weeks, they had called me back. And two weeks after that, they'd call me back again to, to, uh, audition for the understudy for Freddie. And I was, I believe one of the first people cast, which was really cool. Um, the show is, um, I mean, it's classic show learning low score, um, I, I, we were super pumped to see you on the Macy's Day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, for those who have never, uh, and, and there's there's not many, you know, who have, but for those who have never done that, can you kind of explain what it's like to perform? Uh, well, we'll get into the Tonys next, but the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade is such an iconic like American yeah. morning. And the logistics of it all. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Yeah, it was cold. that. <laughs> <laughs> it was 19 degrees. Oh. And it was cold. Um, 
I say that we were in we were in big heavy costumes and you know wool and things like that. Fortunately, but the poor kids that were in the prom, uh, and uh, I think Summer was also up at that point with their with their prom dresses outside in the cold. Poor babies. Um, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was a dream come true. It was a dream, you know, like you said, it's part of the American fabric. It, you grew up watching it, and there I was on it and in a featured part, which was also very, very cool. Um, the way they did it was they came to our show a couple of times to watch um, and to watch the scene. And then we would have several rehearsals on our stage um, where we would re we actually essentially reblocked the number. Um, and added some choreography and we in included the swings in the number so that everybody could sort of be seen. Um, and then you go out to, um, you go out to Macy's on the street after your show uh, at like midnight and you do the blocking of it for camera um, and you block for camera. And then the next day we had a, like a 5 a.m. call where we had to be at Lincoln Center or something ridiculous. And I was like, I'm showing up in my pajamas. And I did, and um, myself and Laura Benanti were both just clad in our pen. I will never forget, we both walked in and just laughed because it was ridiculously early and we were in our pajamas. Um, and we got rushed over to the set and I think we were the first number. So we were lucky to go at like eight or nine o'clock. We, we did our number and then they rushed us back. And, and it was, I think we did it like twice. And in between takes, they would run out with these big, giant uh, vacuums of, of heat because it was so cold and we had hand warmers in our costumes and everything. It was, I mean, it was freezing, um, but it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful day. And then I went home and had turkey. It was great. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, even just thinking of, I mean, we watched that, we always watch the Macy's Day Parade um, of course. Undercovers. Undercovers, mm -hmm. yes. But... Fucking corporate America. I don't, I don't watch that shit. Man. Hey. <laughs> uh, and just even thinking about it just makes me wish it was like Thanksgiving. But yeah, anyway, it was um, really cool. It feels like Thanksgiving outside. It's right very now. cold. It's, yes, yeah, it's cold here in, in Missouri as well. Um, but but okay, so opposite that, the Tonys performing uh, with my fair lady on the Tonys. Yeah, wow. I mean, so you've you've watched the Tonys growing up. It's part of again the fabric of your being, and you know. I know that we still watch it and kind of just are always in awe. Now we always like point to how many people we know and we're so proud of mm. them. Um, what And you were one of them. Can you speak to how just kind of how was little Chris inside of you? Do you still get, I mean, you get nervous doing the Tonys after doing a show for so long. You're like, okay, we're just doing the show. Or it's like, oh my God, we're doing it for the Tonys. No, I mean, the thing is I was... Again, this is this is goes back to my how poor I was <laughs> when this was going on. Um, I was I was going through an eviction during the Tony's rehearsal, actually, and I got evicted from my apartment right around the time that we were scheduled to do the cast recording and the Tonys, and like it was all sort of happening. And then I, I was, you know, my Broadway dream had come true, and there I was with an eviction notice, and I was sort of like, uh, <laughs> okay, this is crazy. Um, you know, I have to find a place to live and I have to be at rehearsal in four hours, you know, so good luck to me. Um, but the day of the day of the Tonys, again, they come in and they, re they record everything at your theater and they make a mock-up of the stage and they took pictures of the set and everything. And I just remember the day of the Tonys, we were called in. I actually got to be in the opening number, uh, which was just, uh, ensemble singers from all of the nominated musicals. Um, and Sarah Bareilles had written this song and I rehearsed with Sarah Bareilles and I was like, look at me in the room with this girl. Like, who am I right now? Are you kidding me? Um, uh, the Broadway baby is singing with Sarah Bareilles and I'm like, you know, actually singing with her. This is crazy. Um, and I remember that day being at Radio City and seeing the, the, the logo and the television cameras and the, you know, this, the seats where this person was going to sit and that person was going to sit. And I just sort of remember sitting backstage and I was like, I'm not going to say anything at all today. I just want to be completely silent and just take it all in and, um, you know, live in the moment. And then we did the broadcast and it was live and I happened to look out uh during the my fair lady number and i just saw 
just this theater pull, full of like theater people who were pulling for us, who were just genuinely happy and we were bringing them joy. And it was just, it was the young kid in me just thought, this is crazy. It's absolutely crazy because I was, I, I had never ever envisioned that for myself ever. And so just to be in the back singing G's for Jesus, you know, in the back uh, on the Tony Awards with with Norbert Leo Butts and Lauren Ambrose and Harry Hayden Patton leading our show. It was just, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And well-deserved. Um, oh. you, you are making a habit of uh, doing these revivals of classic shows. Yeah, apparently so. You moved on to the Hello Dolly First National. Yes. Uh, playing the Count Clerk and uh, understudying and performing Cornelius Hassel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that was, who was the Dolly in the First National? Uh, the very first Dolly was, uh, oh my goodness. I didn't work with her. Cats, Betty Buckley. Phew. Um, oh, really? I saw her play uh, Norma Desmond in London. Oh, fantastic. She, I didn't get to see her as Dolly because she her contract was up right as I was coming in. I did the second leg of the first national. Um, and so we had Carolee Carmelo as our Dolly. Oh. Uh, alongside John Bolton as our uh, Horace Vandegelda. Oh, the wasted time. Oh, yes. And Barnaby. Yes. John yeah. Bolton, like the guy who was the um, UN... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that no, John Bolton. That, that John Bolton. Bolton. That him. Um, that's some stunt casting. Uh, <laughs> so, so Hello Dolly uh, is um, another iconic, you know, classic um, Broadway. I've never done Hello Dolly. The wait, isn't the Waiters Ballet, ballet or, something? That or something? Like that? Yeah, the Waiters Gallop. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was that was. You've you've both done it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You did, Matt? That was when uh, Mike King farted on stage and we all just almost threw up. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. I didn't see the show. I was uh, Barnaby Tucker. I That's just right. uh, yeah. walked Listen, on. Listen, Barnaby. And they asked me to curl my hair so I would look younger. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I understudied Cornelius and I had to do the same. I had to curl my hair. I'm bald, honey, but I had to curl my hair. <laughs> I had to shave my face. And they were like, you look too old. Can you shave your face? And I was like, you gave me 20 minutes notice that I was going on. No, honey, I'm not shaving. Sorry. There's a famous, there's a famous story that I don't, I won't get correct, but it has to do with the waiter's gallop and the choreography and how the, uh, they couldn't figure out how to fill this entire all this music, um, but when the when the choreographer stepped in and said, "Oh no no no, I've I've got this," and he created this entire sort of storyboarded um, entrance into the what's it called? Into Hello Dolly, into the into the the Harmonia Gardens. The, Harmon the Harmonia Gardens, yes yes yes. Yeah, that he kind of solved the problem because I think the music had already been written. Anyways, there's some kind of story there. Was it a costume change was needed or something? I don't remember. Something, something of the like, yeah, they needed to do something. And so they filled it in with it. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Um, I just remember, I didn't have to do nearly as much as the dancers did in that in that number, thank goodness. But I was the guy with the big plates. I had the big stack of plates stunt. Right. And that drove me nuts every single night because I had to do it on the passerelle and the orchestra pit was like beneath me and it was, you know, just to my left rather. And I had this giant stack of plates that I had to balance and carry. I mean, they were, it was a prop, of course, but it was heavy. And so we would have to practice it in each new city and how we're going to do it. And it was, it was tough. It was very, <laughs> it cost me great stress. I hate when there's something like that in a show that you're like, oh my God. Right, it's props. I was like, oh, stupid props. I hate them. I hate them. But Why did I think Beth Level did Hello Dolly at some point in that revival? Maybe she replaced on, I don't know. I don't know. I always think Beth Level's in everything. I don't know. She was doing the prom, but I, I mean, she could have done, she could be a great Dolly. She'd be a great. Maybe dude. it's just my like wish casting. I don't know. There you go. That's That's fine. That works too. So after, so this was pre-COVID though, right? The Hello Dolly. First yeah, time. this was, yeah, Dolly, oh, we opened pre-COVID and we shut down in March 
uh, due to COVID. Yeah. So being back with my fair lady now, mm. what's the difference between this company and the last one you were with? I'm doing, Is it- I'm doing a lot more in this. Okay. Company. Yeah. They've split the tracks up. And so um, <clears throat> I'm doing double duty, essentially. I have the busiest male track of the ensemble members. Um, I have the most costume changes, um, including one onstage costume change that I built in for myself because I was like, I need an intermission, honey. And if I don't do this, I'm not going to get one. Um, yeah, it's it's very, very busy. But the show is still the My Fair Lady that I love. I've just, I'm so enamored with this show and this production um, and what Bart Share has done with it. Um, yeah, I love it. So what, uh, how much longer is the tour? Uh, do you know, like, oh God, you probably have so many stops, but like any any stops of note that are coming up that you're We have like about? 175 days left, not that I'm counting. Um, we end August 14th and we will be in Richmond, Virginia. I know it's not exactly where you all are, but that's where we, we, we go to Richmond, Virginia. We're doing a month in Florida. Um, some tooling around the, the Southern Carolina areas. Um, I think we played Detroit, Cleveland, and then uh, we end in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Wow, what a way to go out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, I'm mindful of your time. I just... I'm so thankful we got a chance to catch up. Well, before we go, I just, I've already scripted the screenplay oh. about uh, your life. Oh. And what happens is the camera starts panning through an audience that is unwrapping and opening up candy. Then we go into the back of the um, theater lobby where we see someone cleaning off the candy counter. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the camera pans to the curtain where we see that it is uh, it is starting to um, go up and Christopher sees himself on that stage and then immediately he becomes a part of that stage and then we start his life. I love it. I mean, th- yeah, that's basically how it happened. I was, yeah. As long as it doesn't happen in Arizona or Arkansas or somewhere that begins with an A. Why? I just let's 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 have it somewhere a little more inspiring. Oh, okay. Kalamazoo. What? Yeah, that that's a fun name. There you go. Winchester. Winchester, Virginia. Yeah, honey, oh, let's do it. Lord. Um <laughs> so just wrapping up here, these are the mindless questions that I live for in this touring um world. I know you probably don't have a lot of time to do stuff, but what are you binging? What are you into? What are you watching? Oh, yeah. So I started, um, I think I'm the only person watching it, and I really hope not because I really think it's a great show. There's a new television show on ABC called Promised Land. Mm-hmm. And it is about this family of Latina winemakers and the fight and the struggle for the land. And I think it's a really interesting story. It's a little bit, it gives me a little bit of This Is Us vibes. Um, because we do have a lot of flashbacks that happen, but I think it's a really, really cool show. Um, I'm, I'm binging that, and I just started Bridgerton. I just, I'm, I'm behind on the things that I should be watching, um, but I just started that today. I, and I usually fall asleep as well, so I don't really get to, yeah, I fall asleep a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite all right. Um, are there any books that you have read in the like past couple of years that? are just things that you would love to share with someone else. The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good I book. I read that. Did you quit? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nobody said it was easy except Alan. Okay. Um, and and uh, how can people follow you if they want to kind of keep track of your journey, what's going on, support you? Of course, you have your website. I have my, I'm very boring, I have to say. I don't, I'm not very good with social media, as, and I'm not as good as I should be. Some of my colleagues are like on it and they have social media managers and they're like doing the thing. And I'm like, here's a picture of my dog. Um, if you ever need a social media manager, just let me know. <laughs> are, you, is that, is that, is that a, are you for real? 
<laughs> uh, no, I was just he's just joking. Yeah, he's not a social media. Okay, good. All. Me either. Okay, but if you want to, if they are so inclined, please follow me um, on Instagram. I believe. See, I think I don't even know what it is. I think it's MRC Faison at Instagram. I think that's what I am over there on the Insta. And I don't tweet, but once every year. So there's no point in telling you that. And I don't even, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. And give a wave to the arch for me while you're in St. Louis. I will. I was driving by there today, actually. I went to the grocery store then in that area. Very cool. Yeah. And you, since you mentioned it, I have to ask your dog. T t what is your dog? Oh, Gus. Gus is, no, sit, stay. <gasps> um, <laughs> Gus is my six-year-old Jack Russell Chihuahua. He is a rescue from Arizona, actually. Um, I was not necessarily trying to get a dog on the road. I just thought that I'd go to the little shelter just for fun one day. And he was the very last dog in the very last kennel that I saw. And I swear, I saw him and Sarah McLaughlin came around the corner and started singing in the arms of an angel. She does it. She does that. <laughs> that was it for me. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm a dog dad now. And we've been on the road ever since. He's used to traveling. He has his own little suitcase. He hates it when we fly. Um, but, you know, the little trazodone, a little CBD oil, he's good to go. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and are you still vocal coaching or is that on a rest while you're touring? I am. I'm still doing it online. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I'm still coaching. I have some wonderful um, young ladies, <clears throat> excuse me, young ladies that I've been working with um, uh, who have... Vocal coaching has really been very cool for me. And it's something, again, that I never envisioned for myself, but I really enjoy doing it. I'm not a teacher. I am a coach. And if people wanted to take a voice from you, where could they find out how to do that? Email me, chris at christopherfazon.com. That's chris at christopherfazon.com. Yes. <laughs> Late, Think smart, nice. Um, well, thank you so much, Chris, for talking to us. It's been great catching up. Um, Honestly, my pleasure. I have to say before we go, I the two of you, <clears throat> I've watched since we left school, and, or since I left school, and I have just been in awe and enamored with everything that you all have done um, with your your independent pieces, with your work at The Signature. I think I saw something you were involved in there. Miss Saigon? I saw you in Miss Langon, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was 100 million years ago. Um, <clears throat> but but even, and now to this platform, Matt, I've always been a fan of yours, always. I will forever shoot myself and, and, and kick myself for not having gone to see Solitaire, your one-man show. Oh, my God. At, I will never forget it. I will never forget it. I was so mad at myself because that's all I wanted was to go see Matt Connor and his one-man show, and I didn't go. That's so funny. We're 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 probably going to plan a remount soon. I have it on VHS if you ever watch it. <laughs> yes, come through for the VHS. Yes, uh, and and Stephen, you are my racy friend. And honestly, I'm very very happy for the two of you, and and I, I think the world of you. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored, honestly. Uh, we're honored that you joined us. We're big fans of yours. So thank you, Chris. We love you. Don't be a stranger. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care of yourselves. Much love. Much love to you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. It was a great catch up. Um, you're doing amazing things. So happy and proud. Um, it's so great to kind of reconnect with all, all these folks in different journeys. And whether you're on Broadway or you're, you know, not it doesn't matter it's just that we were all in the same hornet's nest together that's right, right. This, this this episode or this the season is like using your talents so use what you got that's right that's what life is that's you know? right so thank you chris we love you please don't be a stranger if you want to know more about us please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com that's connor with an er Please find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Connor and Smith again with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Really helps us out. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. Uh, please join the Discord. Uh, the link is in this description. It's a little like off social media place where 
I'm posting a lot of photos from college and people are saying hi to each other. It's fun. Uh, you can also add songs to our late 90s Spotify playlist. Um, and the link is in the description as well. Um, Why is it late 90s? Because we were in school at Shenandoah in the late 90s. But what if we start broadening our decades to other folk who want to put in their song? I think the people we're talking to were all there in the late 90s. Oh, okay. Or maybe early 2000s. So maybe that might change. Maybe we'll change up the, the music. Well, I, I guess... TBA. Content dictates form. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you all, and have a great night. Bye! Bye!